When the Berlin Wall fell in 1989, we in the West were riveted by the news. But imagine how it felt to those who had been living behind that wall. Peter Jasek lived under communism in the Czech Republic, then called Czechoslovakia. For him, the fall of communism meant the church could start doing a lot of things that we in free nations take for granted. We were amazed because we were able to go to schools. We were able to organize conferences in hotels, uh, you know, in conference centers. And we've seen all these rooms filled up with people who could hear the gospel for the first time. That was an amazing time. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. I'm in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Peter Yasek. Longtime VOM Radio listeners, you will remember Peter as a, a former prisoner for Christ in Sudan, the former VOM Africa Regional Director who was arrested in Sudan, accused of espionage, and sentenced to life in prison. Uh, thankfully, he was set free. He is now serving as VOM's global ambassador. Uh, but Peter also has a story going back to his childhood under communism in what was then Czechoslovakia, this month marks 30 years since the fall of the Berlin Wall and, and really the fall of communism. Uh, Peter saw it from a different perspective because he was behind the wall. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Peter, thanks for being our guest. Welcome back to VOM Radio. Uh, thank you for your invitation. How old were you in 1989? I was exactly 26 years old at that time uh, when uh, the Berlin Wall fell down exactly eight days before the wall of communism fell down in Czechoslovakia at that time. So uh, it was a kind of mixture feeling. Uh, there was a hope, but still we saw the police, we saw the uh, the other people's militias forces uh, that were uh, supportive uh, of the Communist Party. So uh, there was still fear in the air at that time. How much fear was there or how much hope was there among the Christian community, among the churches? Uh, you know, we uh, were doing our activities uh, despite uh, the communist uh, power. You know, I still remember uh, vividly, you know, how what an excitement it was when we were sharing the gospel with others, even though it was illegal. Uh, you know, under communism, we had the church uh, where my father was a pastor uh, before he decided to leave the official church and uh, work only in the underground church. At that time, you know, we were using the church, uh, both sisters. Uh, used to play organ, so uh, under, during the nice summer days, we, they were playing organ, and me and my brother were just standing at the door of the church, and we were uh, ready for those uh, who entered the church to share the gospel with them, and it was a kind of inner excitement, or when I, my older sister and I, we were going, you know, and just putting the Bible verses into people.
people's uh, mailboxes. So this kind of inner excitement, you know, that's something that uh, uh, we always felt. And uh, maybe this is sometimes what I'm missing somehow. <laughs> <laughs> there is some kind of joy uh, despite uh, the persecution that we have experienced. How did your life change on a on a daily basis from before that day to maybe two or three months later after things had settled down a little bit? How different was your day-to-day life? The, the time after that was a really exciting time. You know, we were going almost every day to the squares of our towns or to uh, even traveling to Prague and take part in, uh, in uh, these demonstrations because, you know— even though it started on November 17th, there was a process. And uh, we suddenly saw many people coming to churches. Uh, the churches, all churches, despite, uh, you know, various the variances in, uh, of denominations, they were flooded with people. People were hungry to uh, hear. And it was the Christmas time, by the way, you know, right. in December. And so we've been so excited to see these people. Only later on, we realized that uh, um, people later on started to be more interested and materialistic thing, and the churches uh, step by step became again empty as before, and uh, the work to share the gospel uh, started uh, from the scratch again. Interesting that the churches were flooded, and it seems like certainly there was that hunger, and also I think maybe recognition that the communists had kept people out of church, and now, hey, we're free, we can go. but also, curiously, the, the fact that it didn't last very long. That's that's unfortunate. But, but we have used this opportunity. I remember there were even uh, <coughs> brothers uh, who came from uh, United States, from uh, European Western countries, and uh, we were amazed because we, uh, having uh, these guests, we were able to go to schools. We were able to organize conferences in hotels, uh, uh, you know, in conference centers, even in the former communist palaces. And we've wow. seen all these rooms filled up with people who could hear the gospel for the first time. That was an amazing time. Uh, no uh, matter whether uh, how many people left uh, the church later on, the fact that we could share the gospel to full, uh, not only churches, but also conference halls and uh, and schools, you know, uh, just uh, joining our brothers from the United States, uh, you know, from uh, other countries in Europe, this was an amazing time. Time, and that was like sowing the seed. Uh, right. And I, I'm sure that uh, many of those people later on uh, became believers. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Peter Yasek. He is from the Czech Republic. He lived through the fall of communism, which happened 30 years ago this month. Peter also, of course, is a former prisoner for Christ in Sudan. Peter, you grew up under that communist mindset and, and doing secret church activities. Uh, Then you began to work with persecuted Christians around the world. Then you ended up being in prison yourself. What, What were the seeds from your young life under communism that you saw bear fruit in that Sudanese prison? 
Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, being freed from the communist dictatorship in uh, November 1989, we felt it always as a great privilege that uh, once we were set free, that we can start helping others uh, who are still being persecuted. Many people with the fall of communism in Eastern Europe thought that the persecution stopped in the whole world, which was not true because, in fact, the number of countries where Christians are persecuted is increasing. And that is what uh, we knew at that time, and we felt it as a great privilege uh, very shortly after the fall of communism in our country to establish the voice of the martyrs in Czechoslovakia in 1992. And uh, you can imagine what kind of inner excitement it was for me for the first time, you know, when I was allowed and the, the borders opened, the Iron Curtain fell down, you know, we could travel to countries where we, where, where we wanted. And I could smuggle Bibles for the first time to Algeria or to Iran or uh, to other countries. This this was a really exciting moment for me, uh, you know, to uh, be part of those uh, people of this organization that is helping our persecuted brothers and sisters. The Lord Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And suddenly we were so excited because we were on the side of those who could help others. So nothing could spoil this joy. You know, when I was even helping the persecuted Christians in Sudan and uh, knowing that persecution is an essential part of the Christian life, according to the words of the, our Lord Jesus Christ, I was not surprised that persecution happened again to me. Uh, my questions were never, you know, why, Lord, why that happened? My questions were always like, how long, Lord? How long I will have to be here under this persecution before I will be able to see my family again? Peter, you and I both know that there are some blessings that come with persecution. There are some blessings that the church grows and the church learns lessons that they couldn't learn under freedom. The Czech church is now 30 years down the road from having learned some of those lessons. Do they still live, live out those lessons, or has some of that started to fade as the memories of communism have faded? I think uh, we are still living in this, uh, you know, uh, keeping these memories of uh, this persecution. And in one sense, you know, there is new persecution uh, coming uh, to Europe. Uh, persecution uh, and a new danger, I could say. Of course, Europe has two dangers. One is external, one is internal. And definitely the external danger uh, is a growing influence of Islam. Uh, but there is, a, I would say, even bigger danger, which is the internal danger, which is the liberal. So in one sense, we are now experiencing less and less freedom uh, to speak uh, about uh, the gospel, to share the gospel, to speak about the biblical truth, about uh, all kinds of uh, things, the bad things that we are seeing in today's society uh, that is very liberal and that is trying to limit the freedom of speech in sense uh, when you will uh, just reveal the biblical truth. Uh, about, for instance, the LGBT stuff. So how is how is the church responding to that? Because I think we see that in America, too. The, the church is starting to face some of those pressures to, hey, no, no, don't, don't say that. Don't talk. Don't read that verse. How is the church in the Czech Republic responding to that? I would say that there is a big split. You know, the uh, traditional uh, churches, like uh, mainstream churches, like th that type of churches, you know, that even my father was pastor at, uh, they went in the liberal way. But uh, the other, uh, the born-again believers, I believe that uh, there, is, uh, there is no fear. I think our 
people are still, especially my generation and older, we still remember the time and we knew, uh, we, 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 get, we know that the Lord is in control at any time and uh, uh, there is no fear. And we are trying always to tell the biblical truth and to share the gospel in the right way. And we do not look at those who are threatening us or trying to limit our freedom. Uh, this is something that the, the experience of living under communism uh, and uh, seeing the new uh, totalitarian system coming through the European Union where all the leaders, uh, most of the leaders of the European Union claim to be a neo-Marxist uh, openly. Uh, so for us, uh, it's like uh, nothing new under the sun. We are just uh, getting ready that the persecution may again uh, start uh, from different kind of uh, persecution, but we know who is behind those uh, people who are uh, persecuting Christians if they want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. There are many countries, not not just Czech Republic, but other countries that were behind the Iron Curtain that are now free. How do we pray, especially for the churches in those countries? Yeah, pray for the courage uh, to continue to share the gospel in the, the free way, uh, you know, or uh, without uh, any intimidation, uh, you know, that uh, we may see growing. Uh, pray that uh, people will still be willing to pay the price when the persecution comes. And uh, uh, pray that uh, the Lord will just give us the new ways and new ideas, how we can still use the freedom that we have to uh, make sure that the uh, Great Commission uh, is fulfilled through our churches who want to follow Christ at any price, uh, no matter what kind of persecution will happen in their lives. Amen. We've been talking today with Peter Yasek, former prisoner for Christ in Sudan. You can connect with Peter. Peter speaks at uh, several of our VOM Advanced conferences throughout the year. So if you go to vomadvanced.com, you can find the different conferences where he will be speaking. And also, I asked Peter if I could, if this was a secret or not, but next year uh, he will have a book coming out sharing the story of his time in prison in Sudan as well as uh, other times in his life. So uh, there's there are ways you can connect. There are ways you can dig into his story and learn some of the lessons that he's learned along the way. Peter, it's always fun to have you with us. Thanks for being our guest on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. As we look back this week, 30 years to the fall of the Berlin Wall, the fall of communism in Eastern Europe, we have the privilege of talking with Merv Knight. Merv is the co-founder of Voice of the Martyrs Australia. He worked closely with Richard and Sabina Wormbrand for decades uh, and served many years as a board member for VOMUSA. Uh, the VOM mission here in the United States. He is now board member emeritus. Merv, welcome back to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thanks, Todd. It's great to be here with you. How did VOM as a ministry respond to the fall of the Iron Curtain and the opening up of East Germany and Romania and Czechoslovakia and other former communist countries? I watched the fall of the Iron Curtain and the opening of the Romanian borders on my television set at home in Australia. It took us all by surprise. We had witnessed the collapse of the Berlin Wall a few weeks earlier, but had not anticipated it would flow on so quickly to affect the Iron Curtain. My immediate reaction on hearing the news was to lift the phone and call a colleague in Germany. In, in West Germany, as it was then known. With a smile, I said something like, 
Willie, I hope you are not planning to sit at home and enjoy a comfortable Christmas with your family. That's about as far as I got because my friend broke into the conversation with, right now I have a small convoy of vehicles sitting outside my house. We are filling them with anything that might be useful and as soon as everything is loaded, we will leave for Romania. Within 24 hours, they crossed the border at Oradea and entered Romania. They took Bibles and food and clothing, medicines and many other items. Soon after crossing the border, their little convoy was blocked by a military officer in something like a jeep. He approached them and was a little bit aggressive as he asked them who they were and what they thought they were doing. But as he stood there confronting our leader, Willie, he glanced through the window of one of their vehicles and spotted what was obviously a Bible sitting on, on just on the top of what they were carrying. And immediately he demanded, Is that a Bible? Are you a Christian? And Willie replied, Yes. The officer embraced Willie and said, I'm a Christian too. Welcome to Romania. As somebody said at the time, it's one thing to get the people out of communism, but it is entirely something else to get communism out of the people. And so it was a long road ahead to help Christians and the church uh, adjust to their new circumstances. I remember the headline we took for many of our newsletters at the time was, We Cannot Abandon Them Now. Unfortunately, a lot of good-meaning people in the West seem to think it's all over. Communism is finished. We can get on with our lives and leave them to get on with theirs. But of course, generally speaking, most of the people from the captive nations knew little or nothing about democracy. Millions of them had been born and grown up and lived in a communist authoritarian society. We couldn't just abandon them and leave them to their own devices, but we had to continue to stand with them, to counsel and encourage and give guidance and help as people did their best to deal with a new way of life. Murph, did, did you, or more generally VOM, have a sense of how Christians were responding to the changes in their former communist countries? Did they really see it as an opportunity for the gospel, or was there more of a focus on recovering and strengthening the church that had been abused for so long? What what were the things they were asking VOM to do or to help with? You know, as I fellowship with Christians behind the Iron Curtain, I found them to be enterprising. Somehow they did not give up and sit around waiting for somebody to help them. In a lot of ways, I gained a great respect for them as, as I observed the way they got about the business of spreading the gospel and building the church. Of course, it was very difficult and the circumstances were entirely other than we were accustomed to in the freedom of the Western world. Uh, for example, there were many secret printing presses, sometimes quite ingeniously hidden, sometimes right under the noses of the KGB uh, or secret police. I won't tell you how in case we want to do it somewhere else sometime. But with these simple facilities, Christians did the best they could to produce literature for their own use. Voice of the Martyrs provided a lot of 
printing machines, many times very simple machines. We found ways to do this. But the believers welcomed the new situation and saw it as a blessing from God. You have to realize that there were many Christians in Romania and other parts of the world who had known no other kind of life. People under about what under about 55 years of age in Romania had been born and had grown up about uh, under the communist system. They didn't know too much about the freedoms we took for granted in the West. I met a number of believers who feared that this change in circumstances would not last and that soon the Marxists would regain control. That that feeling was abroad quite a bit in the very early days after the uh, Iron Curtain came down. Uh, so therefore they keenly used every opportunity in what they thought might be temporary freedom to preach the gospel. I remember visiting one brother who had erected a large tent in his backyard where he regularly and openly held gospel meetings to which he invited just anybody and everybody. If 10 came or if 50 came, he just preached the gospel. Uh, and we had a meeting with a small group of Christians arranged by an old co-worker of Richard Wambrand. A young woman in the meeting was so excited at the possibility she now had to openly teach children in her Sunday school class because teaching children in a Sunday school class had been forbidden and so it was done with great danger and now she was overjoyed that she could do it openly. And then she showed us a few primitive little odds and ends that she had made from scraps of material to somehow illustrate the Bible stories. We put the meeting on hold and went out to our van and brought her a set of flannelgraph Bible stories. She'd never seen such a thing, and we had to show her how it worked, and then she shed tears of joy to receive such a precious gift. So it was a great experience uh, for us to be there and to fellowship with such people. Uh, I like very much words written in a letter I received recently from Aida Skripnikova, one of the heroines of the faith in the Soviet uh, Union in years now past. Aida endured awful experiences during her times of imprisonment in Siberia in the 1970s, and she wrote, When they say the government has given freedom to believers in Russia, I always say no. Even in times of persecution, the churches have always remained free. I think these are deep and meaningful words which truly express the life of the church under oppression and persecution. They remind me a little of something Richard Wormbrand said about his time in prison. He said, We were always free to preach the gospel, just as they were always free to beat us. We preached, they beat, and everybody was happy. As somebody said, a light in the darkness shines the brightest. Merv Knight has been reminding us what life was like for believers under communism not all that long ago. What a reminder to be thankful for the freedoms we have to worship and share the gospel without fear of being beaten or jailed. I pray that we'll use the incredible freedoms we've been given to advance 
the kingdom of Christ. Today we've been remembering the struggles our brothers and sisters faced under communism, and we've been thanking God and celebrating the fall of the Berlin Wall 30 years ago this month. Earlier in the program, we heard from Peter Yasek telling us about what life was like for him and his family living under communism in Eastern Europe. You can hear more from both of our guests, Peter and Merv, when you visit vomradio.net. Just use the search bar and listen to my previous conversations with both of them. And if you appreciate hearing conversations like these, would you take some time and let me know? I'd love to hear how God is using the Voice of the Martyrs in your life and to build your faith. You can type your comment into the comment box on our website, vomradio.net. Again, vomradio.net. Or you can call and leave me a voicemail with your comments, 1-888-707-6303. Again, our comment line number, 1-888-707-6303. Under communist regimes, and really in all hostile areas and restricted nations, having a Bible of your own is a precious gift. It's a gift many of us probably take for granted. Next week, we're going to celebrate the fact that all of us in free nations can have Bibles of our own. We can actually carry them around right in our pockets, on our phones. They can go with us everywhere we go. We're going to talk about how technology can enhance Scripture reading. I hope you'll be back with us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.